0: What we're going to be discussing here on Dafyud Aleph Amar Aleph is that we know that the new crop is not allowed to be eaten prior to the carbon Eimer being brought the second night of Pesach. The question is, what happens with crop that is cut down prior to the carbon Eimer being brought? What happens then? Are we concerned that a person may come to eat the crop prior to the Eimer being brought? And therefore, we say, wait, don't cut. You're not allowed to harvest anything. You're not allowed to harvest anything. Um, because if we allow you to harvest it before the carbon Eimer is brought, then we're going to have tsuris. Okay? We're going to have tsuris. Because you may come to eat it. So that's the Shaykhis. that's the connection between the alocha of Chodosh and how we're going to rein this back into B'dikaz comments. Omar Abaye, Nochamol, fifth line from the top, Yadal, Fomadal. Abaye says, b'shas When a person is uh, plucking the stalks out of the ground, they're doing it with a shinoi. So then we say it's allowed to take it down, to harvest it before the carbonimer is brought. Tchino Michael Amaymar, but what about the Tchino Um, If you're going to start grinding it, is that enough of a change that is going to remind somebody to Davka use a so that we're not going to come to the isher chadash? Gemara says Halaykasha diyod Harkada algabe nafa. We're talking dealing with you did Tchino and Harkada the grinding and the sifting, also with the shinoi, you did it not in the usual way, and that's going to serve as a reminder, that you're not allowed to eat anything until the carbonymer is brought. So, the Gemara asks, but this I've learned in a Mishnah. You're allowed to harvest uh, fields that are watered by man, what we call irrigated fields, and also open fields, that type of stuff, you're allowed to cut down even before the aimer is brought. Farvus, what's the logic that usually we say? You shouldn't do anything before the carbon aimer is brought. You're not allowed to cut anything down. But now we're saying if it's a field that's irrigated or out in the valleys, then it's beseder. You're allowed to cut it down and there's no concern. You may come to eat it. Ah, but like you could do that. You just can't come to pile up the grain. You can't gather it in. You could cut it. But you can't gather it in. And we said that Mishnah that allows you to do those things are like Rabbi Yehuda. So now we got a problem. Michael Amima, what are you going to say? Rabbi Yehuda, obviously from here, permits cutting down grains that are in irrigated field and out in the valleys. And there's no concern that a person may come to eat from it prior to the Aymer. Yet by bedikas chametz, he is concerned. He says, no, 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 don't do any batikah once this man Iser comes. You might come to eat it. If you find it, you might come to eat it. Why batikah is he concerned that you may come to eat the Iser? But by khadash, uh, he's not concerned you might come to eat the Iser. Ella Amr Rather, Abai gives an answer. And listen closely to this answer. This is going to be a huge aside for the next little bit. And some of us in the Chabura brought this up. We brought it up as what's the difference between chametz and bacon? What's the nafkamina? So we said, oh, very simply, chametz is mutter the whole year. So on Pesach, you might come to take a nibble. Bacon, you're not allowed to eat the whole year, so you're used to keeping yourself away from it. Okay? That answer the Gemara is going to give right now, Abai is going to answer that as the nafkamina in Rebuhuda. Yehuda. Again, what's the kasha right now? Rebuhuda Yehuda says... On Erev Pesach, once you get to this man Iser, don't check anymore. If you didn't do B'dikaz chametz, and now I'm halfway through Erev Pesach, don't do a B'dikah. Davkanat. Because if you find a piece of chocolate cake or a slice of pizza, you might come to eat it. So don't do a B'dikah. Better it stays away. Just do a B'tl. Because you might come to eat it. But by Khadash, Rabbi Yehuda says, Oh, no, it's fine. No, you're allowed to do that. that in those locations, it's okay. Why? Because the emir can't be brought from those things anyway. That's the Swara behind it. And Mamela, there's no concern you might come to eat it. So we have a kasha. Are you concerned that a person may eat food or not? Answers the Gemara, Amal Abayeh. There's a difference between Khadash and chametz. Khadash bodominei When it comes to khadash, people... Don't eat Yasha. People don't eat the chadash. There's a certain time where you're not allowed to eat it. And therefore, people are used to not eating from certain uh, certain crop the whole year. So therefore, we'll allow you to harvest those things. Because we're not concerned about it. People have trained themselves to not eat chadash. Until the Khabanai is brought. <clears throat> but chametz, badomin. Chametz eat 356 days, de- uh, well, in 352 uh, lunar, you know, minus eight. Besides for eight days a year, Kol Besed, 354 minus. Eight. memela people are more accustomed to eating chametz, and that's why Reb Yudah specifically by chametz, don't do a checking because people are so used to eating chametz. If you end up finding it, you may come to take a nibble. Big, big yesai. This is why Big foundation in psukim. This is why we're so, so, so. And besides, for all the iser kares and the psukim, we're so machmir on chometz. We got to be so careful because our bodies are so accustomed to grabbing chometz that it's got to be so far away from us. Amar Rava Rava says We have a kasha. On the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanan, other Rabbanon like Asher, but the opinion of the Rabbanon does not have any sort of question; doesn't have any sort of contradiction. Now let's explain. Okay, the Gemara says as follows: The Chachamim argue on Rabbi Yehuda when it comes to b'dikas chametz, and the Chachamim actually say, "Remember our Mishnah that if a person did not do b'dikas chametz." You do a bedika after the Zman It must be that the Chachamim are not concerned that if you find the chametz, you may come to eat it. The problem is, this is how Rashi explains, the Chachamim in the Mishnah who tell us that there's no concern are also the opinion of Rabbi Meir. And Rabbi Meir is the one who argues on Rabbi Yehuda by Yashon, who is concerned. So the Gemara says like this. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, like there's no contradiction to Yehuda like we explained. Okay? What do we explain? That there's a difference between Chometz and Yosha. Chometz, we got to be more Machmir. You may come to eat it. By Chodesh and Yashan, you're used to being Machmir on Chodesh. So you're not going to come to eat it. That's how we answered up. That's how we farenferred Reb Yehuda. What about the Chacham? What about the Rabbana? And the Rabbonon are also not a contradiction. Why? Because who atsmai Why in the world is this guy, says the Chacham, and why is he doing a Badika two hours before Pesach? Why is he doing it? According to Ab Yehuda, don't do it because you might come to eat it. But according to Chacham, who say, do it. You know why? Because since you're doing it to destroy it, you're not going to come to nibble. Rhetorically. You think the guy's going to eat it? When the whole reason why he's searching for it is to burn it and destroy it if you're out to get your enemy, as soon as you find it, you're like, oh, I saw you yesterday, what's up? No. <laughs> I got you for a reason. You're a dead duck. Yeah? And therefore, the Chachamim say that's, an, that's also going to be a difference between Chametz and, um, and uh, Yasha. Ravashi Yomar, Ravashi says, Nami, like Kasha, he says, I'll give you another answer. Rabbuta and Rabbuta is not a question. Kemach, tenan. the Kali, Tanan. The Mishnah is talking about and, uh, uh, Kemach and Kali, which is, Kemach is regular flour, Kali is very tough, um, uh, roasted grain. And Mamela, you 're not going to eat from it because nobody eats flour unless you're a little kid who's trying to stick your hand into the mixing bowl. right Most people make something from flour. you don 't eat plain flour. She says, baby, we're dealing with eating you have flour or something that's not edible. And Mamela rebuked uh, you know that's the difference. Rebut will say that if it 's not edible, you may, then there's no concern. you may come to eat it. If it is edible, there is a concern you 're going to come to eat it." Haddervashi. Bedusahe, says the Gemara. This that Rav Ashi says, though, about the differences, flour and the roasted uh, kernels, is B'dusahi. Bedusa means he's being humorous. All right. Why? Because it makes sense. Uh, once you roast the kernels, kara ad the what about kernels need a beginning before it's roasted? Yeah. You could say there's a big bang. Where How'd the Big Bang start? You know what I mean? There's always something. Matter comes from matter. There's going to be something beforehand. So even if there is, somebody, something, some force created that gas atom to make a Big Bang. Says the Gemara, you have roasted kernels. Now they're not edible, but they're not born roasted. They come from something. They used to be raw. There's something prior to it. out Michael, What are you going to say to that? The, there you, you're going to have a concern. If it's not yet roasted, you have a concern. The guy's going to eat it. If you're going to say, we're dealing with grain that was plucked by hand, like the opinion of Rabba that it was done with a shinoi, and memela. when you harvest it with a shinoi, that's enough for him to remember, oh, don't eat this. What about the case where we said anything out in an irrigated field or the open valleys, which we said is a pin of Rebuhuda. Michael, a over there, there's no shinoi being done, and he still allows it. So the guy didn't do anything specific with a shinoi. so why is it permitted? Elad Ravashi Bedusi. Ravashi's uh, explanation is kind of humorous. It's Bedusa. He must be just talking tired to keep us sharp, something of that sort. Because it's not a full uh, quality answer. His answer, a flour or roasted kernels. Flour came from grain, roasted kernels came from grain. And therefore, it doesn't answer up uh, or, or explain the entire shita as to why it's permitted throughout. Period. Says the Gemara, Let's get back to our idea. Remember, what's the difference between chametz and bacon? Why we so machmir on chametz? Because chametz, I'm used to eating. I'm used to eating the chocolate cake. Bacon, I don't eat all oh, year. So there's no concern. You may come to grab it. Same svarah with the chadash and yashon. Right? The new crap. The new crap. People aren't used to grabbing the whole year. People are makbid. As you should be. It's taka asr daraisa. Most people don't uh, keep yashon. Nowadays, it's not so posh. There is yeshami There's certainly uh, opinions, quality opinions of the acharayim to rely upon. But it seems that uh, the main shita is to be makbid on it. So most people are Makbid on not eating yashon. And uh, as opposed to chametz. Okay. So Gemara says, <speaking in Hebrew> When people are used to grabbing something, Rabbi Yehuda, um, Rabbi Yehuda makes the nafkamina but vatanam budon to the mishnah. A person's not going to make a hole inside of a egg. This is We learned this together in Shabbos. and fill the eggshell with oil. And put it on the side of a candle. Because you want the oil from the candle to drip onto the eggshell. Now what do you gain from that? Um, what happens is that um, there's a concern, as we learned in Shabbos, that if you have the oil there, a person may start to tilt it to remove the oil, and if you remove the oil, then the candle's not going to be able to burn for as long, and therefore that's an iser dairisa of putting out a fire on Shabbos, by removing oil from a currently existing flame where it is, so that's a chelek of, uh, of uh, putting out a fire. B'afilu hi And this is true, even if it's not oil in an eggshell. It's oil in uh, something made out of pottery. If you buta matir, a buta says there's no problem. Okay. Now, oil. Do people use oil for candles? Yes. Do people use oils in their kitchen? Yes. But Rabbi Yehuda still allows oil in the egg. And in the earthenware, Reb Yudah Matir, he says, no, nah, no, no, since the oil's there for fire, there's no concern you may come to use it for your food and lessen the oil and thereby put out the candle. You're not concerned about it. The Gemara's kasha is, you see, that Rebuhuda is the one who says, he's actually of the opinion by Shabbos, that just because you used to take your, something is common for me, I still know, don't touch it on Shabbos. Well, the same way Rabuta says a person knows how to refrain from Isser that he's used to taking, why wouldn't he say the same logic by Chomets? Gomorrah answers Hossam by Hilcha by Shabbos. Mishum de Shabbos People know it. Shabbos, they, they, they start taking extra precautions. Okay? Now, Virami de Shabbos a Shabbos. Even if you're going to tell me that people start taking extra precautions on Shabbos and therefore they're more careful and therefore it's allowed to take the oil. It's allowed to allow the oil to drip in and we're not concerned you may come take it out. That end, actually ends up in a contradiction in Hilcha Shabbos. How so? The Italian learned in the Braise. The rope on, attached to a pail. Nifsak. is cut. Breaks. You can't tie it back together. You're not allowed to make knots on Shabbos. You could use a temporary knot. You could use an onav. Aniva. A bow. A Buddha. A Buddha says. You're allowed to um, wrap around it a, uh, you know, some sort of string. As long, you know, you can reconnect it with a string, but you can't make any sort of knots or even a bow. We have a contradiction in Rabbi Yehuda. Over here he says, you're not letting make a bow because you might come to make a regular knot. So you see that um, uh, we're concerned that you may come to do something you're accustomed to. Yet by the oil, he allows. And he says that a person won't do something they're they're accustomed to doing. Over here in the Mishnah, the, Chacha, the Chachamim are allowing a bow to be tied, yet by the oil, they did not allow the oil to drip it. So we have the both contradictory. So Gemara says, the rabbonah is not a contradiction because they'll say, listen, he doesn't need oil from the lamp. Okay? But when you put oil in a lamp, oil is used for multiple purposes. You use it to eat. You use it to cook. Use it for your Shabbos lucht. And Mamela, they say, listen, if we allow the oil to be in the eggshell or the earthenware vessel, you may come to take that oil. Because oil's commonly used for all these things. Aniva b'kshir l'ay But people don't sometimes make a bow and sometimes make a permanent knot. They don't sometimes do that. If you're wearing shoes, you make a bow. If you're tying something together permanently, you make a knot. You don't confuse that. Reb Yudah is also not a contradiction. Reb far is not because, oh, he says, no, you don't make a gazera on a bow because of a permanent knot. He says, the issue of a bow is that you can't make a bow. Not that you may come to make a knot. And therefore, like this, by the oil, Reb could be of the opinion that he's not there. He says, No, there's no concern. Aye, what about you can't make a bow, but you're allowed to wind it around? That's because you're not allowed to make a bow. Not because you might forget and uh, make the usual knot. No, he holds a bow as a knot. It's not a concern it may come to something else. This Alayn is also the fear of Yehuda. Says the Gemara, okay, the Seder. We got it. The Rami Rabbanad Rabbanon. But we still have a contradiction in the Rabbanon. That we learned in a Mishnah. Again, You're allowed to uh, tie a pail with a psikia, with a, with a rope, but not a stronger rope. Okay. Um, now, Rashi explains these two types of ropes. A chevel is a type of rope that you would usually fasten to a pail, and therefore, if I allow you to make the knot, you're going to leave it there. As opposed to the first type of strap slash uh, rope, the psikia is something that people it's the type of rope that people use for their clothing. Rashi explains. And therefore, you can even use a regular knot to attach that type of maybe it's called like a sash, okay? To attach that to the pail, because even if you use a regular knot, everyone's going to undo that knot. You need it back to wear. Rabuta Matir. Rabuta says it's okay. You can even use a chevel. Now, says the Gemara, let's understand this halacha about the, the pail and the well. Chevel de mai. Well, what's this alma. If we're dealing with the standard chevel. okay? Standard is the usual rope, classic standard rope. Rabbi Yehuda Matir, and Rabbi Yud is saying, one second, you can use a regular uh, a regular rope and attach it to a pail with a regular knot can't do that. Who in their right mind would permit that? The guy's going to leave it there. Make a permanent knot. you're going to leave it there? Well, nobody's going to say it's allowed. Who ever heard of such a thing? Ella It must be, we're dealing with a, a, a rope of a weaver. A rope of a weaver is done very fine, but it's not so strong. That's Rashi says. Not so strong. So people aren't usually going to do that. Because of the Rabbonah, the Gardi, to the Alma. And we'll say, oh, you know what, the Machmir because Hevel the Gardi, they'll say, listen, you can't even use that type of rope because if you allow any type of rope, if we allow a Hevel Gardi, you may use any rope. But one second. In the first part of the Mishnah, when we were making a knot, when the rope snapped, the Rabbanon said, you can make an aniva. You can make a bow. Why? The same way I should be concerned of using a weaver's rope, because you may come to use a strong rope, a permanent one, which is usser certainly. Shouldn't the Rabbanon say, you can't make a bow? Out of concern, you may make a knot. The same way they're concerned about the rope, you may allowing one kind of rope might lead to a mistake of a different type of rope. Shouldn't they be concerned that one type of knot should leave a concern for that you may make a more permanent other type of knot? the so Gemara says, In, yeah. I'll tell you the difference. And we assumed, I would have assumed this is what the Gemara is going to answer. A weaver's rope is very different than a standard rope. And therefore the Rabbana will allow a weaver's rope. Because you're not going to come to use a standard rope. But, okay, I'm sorry, that's going to be the opinion from Yehuda. The Chama are going to be machmir. The Chama are going to say that these types of ropes may get switched. And once you do one, you may do the other one. That's the Chama. But they say different types of knots, a bow and a knot, a permanent knot, Apples and oranges, two totally different things. There's no concern. And mamela, they'll allow an aniva. They'll allow a classic bow. And there's no concern. It may lead to a permanent knot. Period. Okay. Back to the idea. Again. Of Rabbi Yehuda. Being of the opinion. That. When somebody is not accustomed year-round to something, we don't need to be strict about it. Only something like chametz, that's mutter the whole year, do we say, oh, don't let the chametz into the guy's eyesight. Oh, he might come to eat it. But chadash, which the whole year a person needs to be mocked, or at least, at least certain parts of the year, Rebuta says, it's okay. There's no concern. You're like separated from it. Ask the Gemara on that premise. When a person usually is, knows to separate from something, stay away from something. Rebuhuda Yehuda says it's okay. The guy's going to be careful. You don't need to make any uh, extra gezeros. But but we learned in a b'risa, b'charsha achzu dam when you have a b'char animal she achzu dam it had a. Uh, a, uh, call it a blood clot. Yeah? Blood uh, gathered together. Even if the animal is going to die, ain't laidam. You're not allowed to be makiz the dam. Okay? Now, They say, do it. You got to be careful not to make a boom. What's going on here? The Allah is as follows. If somebody has a firstborn animal, like yid has a firstborn animal, So certain animals have Kedushas Bechar. They have the holiness of a firstborn. The halach is, you give it to a Kayin, it's brought brought as a carbon. The halach of a Bechar is, in no way, shape, or form, is a person permitted to purposely cause a mum, cause a blemish on this animal. Because if you cause a blemish on this animal, the Kayin can no longer bring it as a carbon on the Mizbech. What happens if I have a firstborn cow and it's getting a blood clot in order to heal it i need to allow the blood to go out the problem is you're not allowed to you're not allowed to cause a wound to a bachar i can't purposely do that Say it so what's the answer so rabbi huda says you're not allowed to let the blood flow not allowed might help the animal, but you have a chance of causing a mum. Better to just leave things as they are. The Chum say, no, let the blood out. Just be careful. Okay? Now, why doesn't Rabbi Yehuda allow me to do that? He must be concerned that, oh, if we allow you to allow some of the blood to flow out, you might come to make a real strong mum. One second. Do people make real strong mums on their animal year-round? Cow abuse? No. So you see that Rabbi Yehuda is still not letting something be done, even though it's unusual. Why don't we say it's not usual to cause a blemish? Allow the guy to, to allow the owner to make a little hole in, in the skin of the cow. Let the blood flow out. He's not going to come to make a full-fledged mum because he never does that. That's the Gemara's kasha. Again, the premise is that when somebody is separated from an activity, Rebuta doesn't make a xer. Over here we see that the guy separated from the activity and Reb still making a gzir. the Gemara answers, Hosam. over there by the uh, because the person's getting all nervous, now we turn to um, we turn to Daf Yud Amud Beyes, Al because of his money. Amrinon, we say, um, If you allow him to make a hole, even when there's no mom, Good Svar. Good Svar. Meaning, when people are under pressure, they don't do things right. Usually. He's going to try. The guy, the guy's stressed out. The guy's stressed out about this. Animal's going to die. What's going to be? Okay. So he may mess up. And Mimela, that's why Rabbi Yehuda says it's a problem. To even let the blood. Because there's a, there's talk, a great concern. Listen. The guy's under pressure. And you don't allow him to let the blood out. Certainly, he'll make a wrong move. Yeah, oh, I'm just checking it out, and boom, he'll ruin the whole thing. You know what I mean? So that's the machlokes. Do we say, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that a person gets all stressed out over his property, his money? but tonight we learned in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda says, "In in hima You're not allowed to um, comb uh, over an animal. Uh, with a strong comb because it could leave a chabura. Now, this, this uh, process was as follows. The process of mikadrin is that they would... It's kind of like when people... Uh, when you. I used to do this when I was a kid and I wanted to play hooky. Okay? I knew that the first place that my mother, Jechorin Levracha, looked to see if I was takasik was if my cheeks were flushed. I knew that six, seven years old, I didn't want to go to school. She'd tell me, oh, your cheeks look flushed. You talk, it don't look too good. That's what she would say to me. So whenever I didn't want to go to school, I'd walk into the bathroom. I'd scratch up my cheeks. Yeah? Scratch them up. Yeah? Get them all red and good and geschmack. Yeah? And i walk out like, oh, I feel so good. Yeah, you know, I don't want to go to school. All right? Did you feel my cheeks. Sometimes she went for it. Sometimes she didn't. Sometimes she probably didn't go for it and let me stay home anyway. If it's so pathetic, you want to scratch your cheeks because i the hate. You can stay home, you know yeah, a six-year-old. No, uh, I probably thought I was fooling her. And she's like, all right, the kid's a six-year-old. <laughs> Let him do what he wants. The there are this process of going over the skin with a very strong comb sometimes would make a cut. It would leave like scratch marks, okay? Rebuta says you're not allowed to use a metal comb. They would do this for the health of the animal. You're allowed to use a wooden comb, which was softer on the skin. You are not allowed to do either. The and we also learned in a What's the difference? Kidor because kidor, it's very, uh, it's it has very small uh, bristles, um, and they could lead to a cut on the skin. Usually, the other ones, uh, the wooden ones, have larger. Uh, bristles, and memela, they don't leave any sort of chabura. But you see, Rabbi Yudah allows a wooden one, and he says there's no concern that a person may come to uh, make a chabura. Well, our answer is, Hassam, the lay mayis. No. I'll tell you the difference between combing up the animal and this blood coming together in the bachar. By the bachar, if you don't do anything to the animal by letting the blood come out, Mayas. the animal's going to die. And therefore, animal's going to die. The person's going to be nervous. The guy gave it to a kai, and it belongs to a kai, and the kai and doesn't want to lose the animal. He's going to lose all this, this, uh, this finances. The melee will say, all right, go do it in a mutterdick way. Go let out the blood. It's not going to cause a real mum. And uh, hopefully, at least it'll accomplish, we have a chance at it remaining alive and having a, a kosher ha. But by the the... Combing of the animal. If you don't comb it, the animal's not going to die. It's just not great for the animal. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. So, therefore, the person's not so stressed out about it. If you don't do it, you don't do it. All right, my animal's going to have a bad day. Not going to be so happy with me. But it's not going to die. And therefore, we'll say that Hitaka knows how to be careful with the combing, according to Rabbi Yehuda, with a wooden comb. Rabbi Yehuda, the Gavichometz the why taka then does he say that when B'dikas Chometz happens after Zman Isser, you should not check Gabi Gabikartz of the Lai but by the wooden comb he allows it? What's the in his Svarah? Because, listen, you can have Pesach Dikamatzah and you can have Chometz Dikamatzah. And if you find the Chometz Dikamatzah in the afternoon or even on uh, Pesach day, you may come to make a mistake. However, Kidor um, these two types of combs are totally different and if I'm allowed to use a wooden comb he won't necessarily come to use a metal comb period end of the Gemara which leads us up to a Mishnah a brand new topic now which is now that we've established that botechem. That halfway through Erev Pesach. Halfway through Erev Pesach. You must get rid of the chametz. It can't be in your location. Now that we've established that. This mission is going to teach us. There are different Zmanim. At different stages of Erev Pesach day. Where the chametz becomes more and more usher, As if you're familiar with. Show bulletins from Pesach time. It's going to talk about this is when Shachris is, this is when Saif's Manachila, this is the last time you're allowed to eat, this is the last time that you ha- must have your Chametz burnt by this time. That's a different hour. Okay? What's with this? What's with the, you're, you have to stop eating Chametz at this time, Chametz needs to be burnt at this time. What's going on? This Mishnah is going to be the Makar. Is going to be the source for all of that. Here we go. Rav Meir, allowed to says, It's the entire fifth hour up until the beginning of the sixth hour of the day. Now, keep in mind, the sixth hour is not chatzois; It's not midday. Midday is at the end of the sixth hour. There's six hours before midday. And six hours after midday clear say it if somebody is 87 years old they're in their 88th year of life they've completed 87 years they're now in their 88th year so they're 87 years old okay the mayor says you can eat the whole fifth hour up till the beginning of the sixth hour thearfa mithilla and you burn it by the beginning of the sixth hour. Now, Midaraisa, the sixth hour is fine. Really, it is. But Rashi says, to kick in for us right away, where our mission is going to be coming from with all these hours, very first Rashi on the Mishnah, Rashi's is going to tell us that they didn't have satellite clocks, and satellite clocks can break too. And Mamela, people can be an hour off about when exactly Chatzais is. So made exeret to stop an hour of bain hashmoshes earlier. All right. So the Sarfim Tchilah to be burnt the sixth hour. If Yudai Buddha says Oichlin Kol Arba. No, you're allowed to eat the whole through the fourth hour. The Thailand called Chamesh. During the fifth hour, that's kind of uh, what we call leaving it in limbo. You're not allowed to eat it, but you also doesn't need to be burnt. You don't need to burn it yet. The Sarfim Tchilah he agrees that it's got to be burnt by the beginning of the sixth hour. Okay. Vaidam right, Rabyuda says additionally, furthermore, shall tear up if you have two chalas of a carbon taida that became possible. Now each carbon taida had forty loaves of bread with it. And he had two loaves that were with the carbon taida. Munacha sagabi And it's put on top of a itztiva. Okay. Um Itzdeba, Rashi says is just like a general area on the base of Mikdash. Shemunachas when the when the slash matzahs were there. everybody was still allowed to eat their chametz. Nitla if one's taken away, so then everything's now up in the air. So Rashi is telling us how everybody in the base of HaMikdash who was indoors knew what time it was. They didn't have the sun. So there were two breads from the carbon taida that were puzzle. It wasn't meant for the carbon anymore. As long as there were two breads out in public, people knew I could still eat my chametz. Once one bread was removed, people knew they had to stop eating chametz. But also the chametz didn't have to be out of their domain. But once both breads were gone, everybody knew this is the Zman of Vir Hamas. And Gamliel says, Chulun Necholun Kal Arba. um is allowed to be eaten through, Kalarba means through the entire fourth hour of the day. Now this seems to be Rabbi Huda's opinion as well. Rabbi Huda said, You're allowed to eat the entire fourth hour. Okay? Um, Utruma kochamish, you have truma for the fifth hour. Now, Rabbi Yehuda just said that the fifth hour is in limbo; you can't do anything. According to Rabbi Gamliel, if it's Shruma, you're allowed to keep eating it for the fifth hour. Now, Rashi explains because Shruma, you're not allowed to leave over either. So you kind of have a chiyab daraisa to eat, make sure that truma is eaten. So now you have a choice: chiyab daraisa, right in front of me, and as you know, or a potential. Is or later as so you do the Vaday obligation. The Sar from Mithila he agrees as well that comes the beginning of the sixth hour, everything must be burnt. Okay, Givaldik. Zakti Gamar. Sanhas we learned in the Mishnah over there. Echurai Mirvishna Imba Khidash Gavaldig. Let's get into testimony about Rish one person says, "I'm sorry." Testimony about uh, uh, a murder. Listen to this. One one uh, witness comes and says, "I saw Yankel kill on the second day of the month." The other guy says, "I saw Yankel kill on the third day of the month." Their idos lasts. Why? Maybe one guy thought it was a 29-day month previously. The other guy thought it was a 30-day month previously. So one guy called it the second day. One guy called it the third day. Maybe they just didn't chop the But let's say one guy says it was the third day of the month. One guy says it was two days later. Hey, it can't be a machoikas. Then he do some betela. Nothing doing. We don't have two witnesses. It's out the window. Got it? Now, Rashi lets us know a very interesting thing. And that is... This mission over that recording in Sanhedrin has a caveat. There's a catch. And that is, both witnesses, the one that said it, the murder took place on the second and the one that said the murder took place on the third, both of them said it was Tuesday. Except one said, I saw Yanko kill on Tuesday, the second of uh, Kislev, and one said, I saw Yanko kill on Tuesday, the third day of Kislev. That's where we say a Dusan Kayemas. And one guy thought it was a twenty-nine day month, and Rishchidish was a day earlier. One guy thought it was an extra day. Since they both said Tuesday, we'll be makabelit. So if they don't both say it was Tuesday, and there's no connection b'chlal, we're not going to give this. What I'll call this excuse that oh, maybe one guy thought it was a twenty-nine to thirty. The reason why we're mamish being makabelit is because they both said it was the same day of the week. But if they both say Tuesday. And one says, Tuesday the 3rd of Kislev. And one says, Tuesday the 5th of Kislev. Nothing doing. Even though they both said Tuesday. There's something off. Something off. One guy says, Yanko killed in the second hour of the day. The um, the HaMir B'Shotei And Beryl says, it was the third hour of the day. Adu some kayemis, we're going to be makabel their testimony. Echad aymer b'shalish, one guy says it was the third hour. Echad b'chamish, one guy says it was the fifth hour of the day. Adu some betayla, it's nullified. No, nope, it's two totally different time frames of the day, and their thing is that their testimony is out the window. Different Rabbi Meir's opinion of Rabbi Meir, however, Rabbi Yudai says Rabbi do says some kayemis, their edus remains at last. Echad aymer b'chamish. The Akhiraimr B'Sheva, and even if somebody says the fifth hour, or one guy says the seventh hour, they do some betela, the third to the fifth is still okay. We'll take it. We'll take the testimony. You guys are still a group. But if one says the fifth hour, and one says the seventh hour, of Yehuda agrees, a do some betela. Why? Sheba Chama B'Mizrach, B'Sheva, Chama B'Mar. Yeah. The fifth hour of the day is towards the east. Seventh hours towards the west. But the third and the fifth, they're both towards the east. In other words, put it in American terms, the third hour to the fifth hour is right field and right center field. which, uh, which outfielder gets the ball? All right, sometimes they'll knock into each other. But the ball's hit the right field. The left fielder thinks it's his ball. That's a problem. All right, the other side. Get, get out of here. It's my, it's my territory. Yeah, don't come calling for the ball on this side of the field. Okay. Omar um, Abai. Abai says, When you look out, when, according to the opinion of, when you when look at this machlekes, you'll find that Riv Meir holds that a person knows time very well. Because he said, oh, even if they're a little bit off, third to fifth hour, bottle." Even though it's in right field and right center field. It's both in the east. According to Rabbi Yehuda, a person can make a mistake even over a half hour. How so? Listen to this. When you uh, you, you have times where sometimes a person may have killed the end of the second hour or the beginning of the third hour. I and mean, one who's talking about the second hour means all the way at the end of the second hour. You want to talk about the next hour? Okay, begin, end of the second, beginning of the third. According to Bihud, a person make a mistake over a half hour as follows. What happens if you have a, you have a, a murder that happened half smack in the middle of the fourth hour of the day? And when the, when the Edom said it was during the fifth hour, they meant the end of the, the third hour. They meant the end of the third hour. So the one who said third hour means all the way at the end, three hours and 59 minutes, which means that we're one minute before the fourth hour is starting. And the other guy who was talking about the um, uh, one who says the fifth hour Maybe he's talking about the beginning of the fifth hour, and maybe he was only a half hour off. Okay? And even according to Rabbi Yehuda, either way, uh, it's possible, it's pot, not necessarily, but it's possible to look at both opinions of Rabbi Yehuda and say, you know, both of them really expect people to know what time of day it was. Maybe you're a half hour off. Possible more, but if you look at the hours, you could say maybe it's about a half hour off. Because if you look at the end of one hour, beginning of the next hour, okay, we're dealing with a half hour later. Ikadamri, what we call the, the Lishna Basra, another way to learn this discussion. Amr says, According to mayor you'll find that he holds that a person. Mamish will make the slightest mistake with, with time. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, he'll say a person makes the slightest mistake with an hour and a little bit of time. And this one, the math is going to fit in a lot better. The divid, Rabbi Meir have Havit, in the following story. You have the end of the second hour, beginning of the third hour, one minute off. The one of them is one minute off, yeah? And that's why we're accepting their testimony for his scenario either we could be dealing with 3 hours and 59 minutes or the 5th hour on the button, how off is that 1 hour and 1 minute 61 minutes and we'll say that the difference is one of them made a mistake by an hour and a minute so that's going to be, that's going to be um, that machlekas. Okay. We really have a drop more to go. I'm going to hold it here. Tomorrow's daf is not that long. So we're going to hold it here. We're up to Azal Rav Huna, And And um, tomorrow, Mirza Hashem, we're going to start out with a story, but we're just going to finish wrapping up this uh, machlekas or approach that both Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda have as to how far off, time-wise, do we expect witnesses, and how it uh, witnesses to be, and how this transfers back to the Isser of Achilas Chometz?